With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what are, what's going on, Colts fans? Welcome back to another episode of Colts Brawl. I'm your host, Cody Foger. Joining me, your other host, Mr. Jacob Mummert. Jacob, unfortunately, the Colts still have not won in Jacksonville. Uh, they, they start the season off 0-1-1. Fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27-20. to um, Man, what is your initial reaction to this loss? I know, I know yesterday was pretty – I was pretty emotional, pretty sad about it, but – had a day to cool off, had a day to think about things. Uh, what, are, what are your overall thoughts of it? Yeah, so didn't want to talk to anybody after the game. Didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. I, the old adage, this old adage kept coming into my mind. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yep. Because all the things that I felt we were promised from this Colts team just went out the window as soon as the, the ball was kicked off. Like, yeah. so, so I'm not mad, Colts. I'm, I'm disappointed because I thought we were going to have a strong run game. And then we barely had guys. We didn't have anybody get over 30 yards rushing. And, you know, we knew Rivers was going to throw the ball, but like 46 times, like, so, and, and defense, like, don't even get me started there. We'll get into it later. But like, so, so many expectations were not met. And I understand it's been a crazy off season, crazy training camp and it's week one. I, and I think there is something to say about that, but like, it was, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, it wasn't like the Colts were thoroughly beat out either. You know, they right. they out, you know, they out yardage Jacksonville by a pretty good margin. Oh yeah, they didn't run the ball super well, but like they passed the ball. Rivers had over three hundred fifty yards passing. Um, they started, they sort of cleaned up, you know, their defensive woes a little bit in the second half. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot of dumb, dumb things that they did. Yeah. Just came out and looked kind of unprepared in that department. A lot of sloppiness, which was to be expected, but there was a lot of it where. The Colts would, you know, get a drive going, and then the drive would be presumably ended basically from a stupid penalty or a stupid mistake or something along those lines. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll look at Rivers first. Um, so he went 30, 36 of 46, 363 yards, a touchdown through two interceptions. Um, I mean, it was it, – as, as far as moving the ball down the field, is a pretty efficient day for Rivers. Um but those two interceptions obviously stand out and only having one touchdown. I mean, he was in position multiple times to have yeah. more than one touchdown just didn't work out. Um, what is your overall reaction to Philip Rivers debut in a Colts uniform? Yeah. So I think, I think this was in the realm of possibilities going into this game. We know Rivers' track record makes some questionable throws and, and has made some his two interceptions to me. I just like, I looked at my dad and I'm like, why did he throw that ball? Like yeah. what, what compelled him to throw that ball? And like you said, it, I mean, extremely efficient, 36 
for 46, 363 yards. Like he was obviously moving the ball. Honestly, I think I might have been able to overlook the picks if he had, say, three passing touchdowns. Or, like, right. that that's where the discrepancy is for me. One touchdown to two picks. You never want to have that kind of ratio. So, and and, and the, pits, the picks weren't like it was, you know, by a receiver, by great coverage. It was just he just threw the ball nowhere. So, so I, I think this is what we could expect, but I thought we were going to see a more polished Rivers. And I definitely think, or I definitely did not think he was going to throw the ball 46 times. No, not at all. And that was something that was really shocking to me. On the other end, it felt like kind of what the Colts were hopefully going to do, what we hoped they would do with Rivers is kind of what they did with Gardner Minshew. He didn't throw the ball a ton. He only attempted 20 passes. He completed 19 of those for three touchdowns. That's kind of what we hoped Rivers would have, maybe a little bit more yardage. But, I mean, it feels like the the Jaguars kind of took the Colts' plans and did the the thing we thought the Colts were going to do to them. Now, with they didn't arguably really have a, less talented players. Like, oh, yeah, for that's, sure. That's another big thing. For sure. And and they didn't have, like, an insane amount of rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Like, James Robinson was their running back. He had 62 yards on 16 carries. It wasn't great, but it was efficient when it needed to be, and that yep. was a big reason why, you know, the Colts ultimately, you know, fell short there and were really struggling. It was really surprising, considering how good the Colts were last year against the run. Really didn't change the personnel a ton beyond DeForest Buckner. Um, but this Colts run defense was just very sloppy, especially in the first half. They were struggling. I think uh, Jacksonville had somewhere around 85 yards rushing in the first half. Mm-hmm. Now, the Colts obviously cleaned that up a little bit more in the second half, but it still was not good. It, it was not good. Um, this, you know, it was something that we did not expect that to happen with the Colts. And then the Colts just couldn't run the ball. Yep. Couldn't run the ball to save their life. I believe they, had, they didn't even have 100 yards rushing. I don't think they had 90 yards rushing. So really struggled to run the football and get that going. And Marlon Mack's injury, obviously, was a big reason why he's going to be out for the year with an Achilles injury. Um, well, So let's talk about that before we talk about the other running yeah. backs. How huge, man, is this loss of Marlon Mack? So if, if you would have told me, say this happened in, in training camp, God forbid, and, you know, the Colts are hyping up this 1A, 1B running back, you know, system, I'd have been like, okay, we should be fine. You have two guys that you think are at the same level, give you the same production. We should be okay. Like, it'd be nice, you know, to have everybody healthy, obviously. But, like, I think we're going to be okay. After seeing what our run game looked like after Mac went out, I am a lot more concerned now because, yeah. you know, you thought Taylor was going to step up, and maybe maybe this is just play calling. Maybe they just felt they had to go more past. They weren't sure of what Taylor could do. I was really impressed with with Naheem Hines. I think he stepped up great. He was even a factor when Mac was still in. But I, I think I'm more concerned about this injury now than I would have been had it happened before week one, and we, and we saw what this team looked like. Yeah, and I mean, Taylor only had nine carries for 22 yards, not even three yards per carry. So that's right. a little bit concerning. Yeah. But yeah, the Colts really went away from the run. That was very puzzling to me. Yeah. And Frank Reich even talked about it when talking with the media. He's like, you know, I, I we gave up on the run way too fast. I don't know what the deal is, but like – I feel like at certain moments, Frank Reich just gives up on stuff too early. We saw that even in the Kansas City game, that playoff sure. game years ago, gave up on the run game. And we're just like, why? Why would you give up on the run game? They, they don't have a very good run defense. And it feels like he kind of did that again. Um, obviously, we're not, we're not anywhere close to saying Frank Reich should be on the hot seat. But this is a little bit concerning, Jacob. It seems like this happens far too much. And it seems like it's been a lot more recent uh, than normal. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, and honestly, something I hadn't thought of before. But is you know, it was it was pretty telling that that they abandoned the run game, and I mean, if if they wanted to do a fifty fifty split, they did a terrible job because Rivers doesn't throw the ball yeah. forty six times with with the fifty fifty you know offense here. And honestly, what little we got to see, you know, Taylor nine carries. I I was impressed with what he did. He had six receptions out of the backfield. It's like there is some mm-hmm. promise there. Um, and, and I don't know if you can put all the blame on the running backs. I mean, yeah, if, if Reich's just not calling those plays, they're just not happening. And I, yeah. I am curious. I know he probably won't say this. I'm curious to see if it was a trust issue with the running backs or if it was a trust issue with our offensive line, knowing how they performed before the Mac injury, stuff like that. Because even Marlon Mack, I felt, had some trouble running the ball. Yeah, it was just – it was weird. It was yeah. just a weird, weird game that we weren't used to seeing. I mean, we even thought the Colts might have <laughs> – somebody even said, you know, maybe the Colts will have 200-yard rushers. They don't even have 100 yards in total. Right. Just very odd, very odd kind of stuff. And I just had a big issue with with a lot of things that the coaching staff did this game. I mean, you think about that that fourth down when you're in field goal range – um, and you know, and I, you know, in, in one hand, I like it. I like that Frank Greg's yeah. aggressive, but in the other hand, why the heck do you have Naheem Hines in there? You have a 230 pound running back, put right. him in there. And he, and you know, Naheem Hines, you know, as good as he was, he had some very questionable cuts at times last yes. uh, in yes. the game. I mean, you think about, you know, there was one play, you know, that fourth down play, obviously there was yep. a whole gaping hole on the right side. He, he goes left. And then there's another, you know, so other really puzzling, like, why did he cut that way? He could have got more yards this way. Just kind of weird, weird stuff. And, and yeah. I did not expect the Colts to run with him so much as they did on the ground. It was kind of weird that they decided to do that. But, yeah, certainly just kind of like some dumb play calls, quite honestly. And, you know, there were some, some good ones sprinkled in there, that fourth yeah. down conversion where they faked everybody out and, and found the tight end wide open. Like, I like that. But – you know, we've talked about Philip Rivers all the time talking about there's a big difference between being, you know, taking risks and being stupid. Yes. I feel like this needs to apply to Frank Reich, too. He needs to yes. be held accountable for this because he's costing the Colts points. I like the aggressiveness, but you have to be smart and the same hand. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't argue with the short yardage fourth and down attempt for attempt for the conversion here now I think obviously his personnel and and maybe the play calling could have been switched up we know he's an aggressive coach I I figured that's what they would do but I'm also like you got rid of Roosevelt Knicks this would have been a perfect opportunity to use him like right. or Jonathan Taylor like he could plow through whatever to get or, you the one or Jordan Wilkins it's like any or other Jordan running back would make sense yes yes it was just and, very weird very yeah, weird and and I'll add too I did not think they were going to use Hines rushing as much as they've done. I thought he was going to be this, you know, pass catching back that, that has been hyped up. And I think it's very interesting because I think they used Hines more in Jacksonville than they used Taylor. But now today they make the announcement that Taylor's going to be the starting running back. And it's, I found that very puzzling. So, I mean, obviously Naheem Hines is still going to be a huge part, but they're going to make Taylor the running back when obviously they were giving, giving the ball off to Hines more often. I just, I, I hate to pin it all on Marlon Mack's injury, but at you hit that point, like, because before that, I'm pretty sure Naheem Hines scored his touchdown. So like we were looking good, Matt goes down and then it's all just everything like falls apart. Like he was the the hinge piece of our offense here. And, and one more thing too, about Hines's cuts, you know, it was coming down to the end of the game 
and I'm pretty sure he caught a ball out in the flats, was running up field, and instead of cutting out of bounds to save the clock and save a timeout, he cuts yeah. in when he knew yeah. when cuts into two defenders. So like, there's there's a lot of questionable questionable moves across the board, but play calling I think I think was one. I can't blame you know Coach Reich for trying to go for that. I just wish he he might have switched it up a little bit. Um, but yep. yeah just something was off that game, whether it be Marlon Max injuries threw everybody off or that fourth, not getting the conversion on fourth threw people off the missed field goal. I mean, there's so many things you can point to as, as yeah. kind of pieces in this game. Yeah. And it's just weird because when you signed Phillip rivers, you didn't want to make him do that. Right. And then you're making him do that. And I just was shocked, like kind of shocked by that kind of reverse, like what I get the Marlon Mack injury, you drafted Jonathan Taylor for a reason. Give him the dang ball. Yes. Let him yes. go. And yes. I know he wasn't doing great, but this is how he learns. You take the pressure off a of river. I, yep. I just hated it. I, I, I honestly did. And like, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big fan of Frank Reich as a play caller, but yeah. this was one of his worst games play calling. It was bad. It really was. And, and I'm not going to, you know, I think that we can be honest and just say this was not a great game for Frank yeah. Reich calling plays and I think Frank Reich will own that and hopefully sure. improve next week uh, going into Min- or ha- hosting Minnesota rather right uh, so let's talk about this receiving game we've talked about the quarterback talked about the running back let's talk about these receivers T.Y. Hilton um, you know pretty good um, early on in the game then it comes down to that last drive T.Y. Hilton drops two passes in a row yeah and basically on fourth down loses the game for the Colts in that way. And Hilton even said, I lost this game for the team. I mean, it's just weird for me because I love T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. But, like, come on, man. You got to make that catch. You're, the, you're a leader of this offense. Yeah. You got to go out there and you got to do it. And you can't just always say it's on me. You got to go out there and prove it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just – I don't know. How, how did you feel about that, about T.Y. Hilton's comments and, and his play? Yeah. So, on one hand – he should have caught at least one of those catches. Like they were catchable yeah. passes just for him. Also, I'm pretty sure he's working on a contract or him and his agent are working on a contract extension with the Colts. I don't think this helps your case. Obviously week one with, with right. two drop passes. I think they, the Colts like the whole front of this is on me. I lost the game. That's great. You know, I, I think that's what you need to hear from a guy of his caliber, obviously the lead receiver, but Honestly, I, I see this two sides. Honestly, was it really his fault we lost that game? The two drop passes, you know, would have helped, but I don't know if you can pin it all on him. And two, right. I completely agree with you. Don't just say it was on you. I would have been like, yeah, it was on me, but, you know, next game I'm going to catch every ball that's thrown my way. And, like, just get that, you know, just, just have some self-confidence because, like, you know, I lost this game. I'm going to do better. Well, yeah, I mean, we need that. So, so yeah, I mean – I take his I take his comments with a grain of salt. Like that's what he was supposed to say, and and I yeah. think that's what the team wanted him to say. But I also need to see it in in game in week two. Yeah, and I'm glad the Colts have not extended him. Honestly, I thought after right. that game, I know it's very early, and I was probably a little <laughs> right. emotional, but I was like, honestly, I could see the Colts moving on from him. Sure. Like as hard as that would be as a fan, I mean. We'll talk about the next guy. Paris Campbell had a great yeah, game. That's what I was just he about really to say. He really did. Paris Campbell, man. He Six catches. Or I'm sorry. Do I have it here? Oh, yeah. Six catches. Yeah. 71 yards. Paris Campbell looked like the player we thought he was going to be coming out of Ohio State, man. He looked good. He was fired up in that game. And and rightfully so. We He got that questionable taunting penalty, which. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I think you and I have a little differing views on that, which is which is fine. I mean, he was fired yeah. up. The the thing I don't like, I'm not necessarily mad at the penalty. I'm mad at how the penalty works because, as we saw in later games of the yeah. night, if Campbell had taken three steps back and flexed on the guy, it wouldn't have been a penalty. But because he immediately stood right up in the guy's face and flexed on him. I mean, you, you got yeah. six receptions for 71 yards. You're having a good game. But – yeah, it's and he's a young player. I mean, I think that's something that that comes with age. But uh, I I was super yeah. super impressed what he did. I also you know during the live show, Justin asked me you know are you starting for fantasy wise Paris Campbell or Mike McPittman Jr. And I was like I think they're going to give you similar production, but I'm starting Campbell because he's the wide receiver too. I I don't mm-hmm. care if he's the wide receiver too. He might be a start for me each week if he keeps this play up. Now obviously you got to see what he does in week two, but like from what I could see. It was he was catching it. He was getting upfield. I loved what I saw from Paris Campbell. Yeah, and that's just the thing. If you get the ball in his hands, man, he he can go and make a play. Explosive. He's shown that. Yeah. So he's very very explosive. So I was very excited to see him have a good strong start to this 2020 season. Um, but the Colts really didn't target a ton of their receivers outside of those two guys. I mean, Jack Doyle had three catches, uh, and really the other guys had two catches apiece. But the running backs had a lot of catches out mm-hmm. of the backfield. And we saw that heard about this some in camp, but I mean the running backs in total had 17 of his completions. I mean, that's a that's a good chunk of completions that yeah. were going to the running back. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on just the amount of passes that Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack early on, and then Naheem Hines saw this week. Yeah, so I think that was something that, that you and I talked about before on on episodes that that Rivers likes to do this. He likes to use the running backs in the passing game. And I think, you know, the coaching staff knows that. And they and they always try to, I think, work that in as a bailout option. Honestly, I'm surprised that Taylor caught as many passes as he did because we heard some some news that he was having trouble in camp catching passes. But he didn't, I mean, caught six receptions for 67 yards. I mean, I'm, I'm loving that. And especially if he's going to be the lead back, I think that's going to be great. Hines, we knew what yeah. he was going to do. But I think, I think this duo... Heinz and Taylor now, I guess, are, are still going to be effective. I, I still don't think people should should count out the Colts run game because I know our offensive line is going to snap back. They're not that, – that starting five does not like being talked down. For so long they've been built up, you know, as, as being in the top three, if not the best line. They're not going to like it that they got – that they couldn't run the ball and, and couldn't do all this against Jacksonville. So I expect them to have a huge bounce back game against the Vikings, and, and I think our, our running backs are going to benefit from that as well. Yeah, it just was really weird, considering the Colts wanted to be top five. Right. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives. It was just a very odd game in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the Indy defense a little bit. So the Colts defense in total had 53 tackles, four sacks, five tackles for loss, a pass defended. Um, no turnovers forced by this defense. They allowed uh, Gardner Minshew to basically be perfect. He was 95% on his passes. Um, 19 of 20, 173 yards, three touchdowns. So not eye-popping in terms of yards, but he was extremely efficient. Mm-hmm. These defensive backs could not cu- – they were, you know, mis- miscommunication. It was just a struggle all game long. What do the Colts have to do, man? They got to change something. But what do they have to do? Does it, where does it start with this defense to, to, to really improve off of this, honestly, pretty pitiful, pitiful performance here in week one? Yeah, I completely agree. And normally you can point to to one half of the defense. You can point to the secondary or you can point to the line. Honestly, I I couldn't tell from this game who was really messing up. Both had moments where 
they looked like they had it together and other times they they couldn't do anything i think the force four sacks maybe leans my view more towards the secondary being an issue because we were getting pressure but like honestly forgetting DeForest Buckner I don't know if I heard his name called all that much in the game so I mean the sacks were by Justin Houston Danica Watry and I think Kyrie Willis and and Justin Houston combined for one or, or something like that and so I mean I didn't even hear DeForest Buckner like that and they were still able to run the ball so you bring in this guy with that kind of threat and and he doesn't either he didn't show up or it just wasn't available I think that's an issue moving on to the secondary and and I don't want to I I don't like singling anybody out but Xavier Rhodes on especially on on Jacksonville's last touchdown blew that coverage like he was just sprinting to try to catch up to the receiver that caught it and ran it into the end zone and and that wasn't the first time that happened to him in the game um he had you know, a couple times before that. And I, and like I said, I hate to just pin it on one guy, but if you're supposed to be brought in as this veteran and, and leader and trying to teach the young guys how to do things, then, you know, you need to step up your game. Like, like that's a really big issue. And I know we talked about going into week one, we still had a couple questions about the secondary because, you know, you have Kenny Moore and Rocky Sin who are still so young. And then you bring in Xavier Rhodes who passed his prime. And then after that, there's kind of a drop off. So I am I am concerned about the secondary. I would feel more than the defensive line at this point. Yeah, the defensive line, it was just weird. Like, they got four sacks, but I didn't feel like Minshew was under a ton of pressure the whole game. Yeah. It was kind of weird how yeah, that worked I out. Agree. Like, even though they got four sacks, it wasn't consistent, and that's something mm-hmm. they're definitely going to have to improve on. I mean, I think Danico Watry had a really good game as defensive end. That's good to see. Justin Houston had a sack, but yeah, that defensive interior just did not provide any pressure. That was a major weakness of this team last year. I mean, Buckner had one good play where he kind of helped get a sack, but other than that, he was very ineffective. And I think that was very disappointing to see from a guy you're hearing all about is getting hyped up as he, you know, he's going to be, he's a top three player disposition. He he was virtually invisible yeah. um, against this, that Jacksonville defense. He's definitely going to have to step it up in this next game if the Colts want any chance. I mean, Kirk Cousins is better. I think it's fair to say, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Gardner mentioned. He has more weapons around him as well. Yes. So if the Colts can't get pressure on him, it might be even uglier. I, I completely agree. Kirk Cousins is we we made Garner Minshew look good. Like like that's all I'm saying. Like if people want to hype it up that that Minshew's kind of blossomed into this good quarterback, I think the Colts helped him at least in Week One get to this point. I mean, he only threw the ball 20 times, or only made 19, but threw the ball 20 times for 170 some yards and got three touchdowns. Like, okay, yeah. he hardly threw the ball but had three touchdowns. Like obviously that's a defensive problem, but whatever. Kirk Cousins, much better, has more weapons. You're up against Dalvin Cook and actually, like, proven running back, um, and, and and their defense is, is obviously no joke. We saw him get blown up by the, the Packers, so we do have that. Both teams kind of coming in with a loss in the animosity. But, I mean, if we were counting out Jacksonville and that's why we lost, then we got to buckle down and treat every opponent like – they're they're the Tom Brady New England Patriots like like we have to we have to buckle down and try to stop these teams because we just we looked a mess yeah it was definitely very surprising but also just like man you know it feels like when the Colts set foot in Jacksonville they just completely forget how to play football I don't understand it I can't explain it it's just weird how that happens every single year Guess we'll have to wait another year. Hopefully the Colts can break the curse in Jacksonville and also um, for their first game of the year. I mean, 2014, 2013. I mean, I was still in high school when this happened. So uh, it's, it's been a while. The Colts 
certainly need to get that monkey off their back sooner rather than later. But yeah. there's still 15 games left. That's a fortunate yeah. thing. The Colts can very much improve these next couple games. I mean, a couple years ago, I know this is a lot different circumstances because they had Andrew Luck. They were one and five at one point, and they went on a run. I mean, it just takes that. Like, you never know what's going to happen from week to week. This week was hopefully a wake-up call for the Colts. You know, maybe yeah. they bought into the hype a little bit about everything that was being said about them. Maybe this is a little bit more of now they're kind of grounded in reality. We just lost to a team that everybody predicted was going to be last in the division, potentially number mm-hmm. one overall selection. Uh, hopefully, man, this just wakes them up really a lot to, okay, you know, we can't take anybody for granted. And I don't know why the Colts always play down to competition like that. It's weird how they do that. But uh, they certainly – will have to be have their bring their a game in week two yeah. against the Minnesota Vikings because if they don't man it could get ugly it really could yeah and you know when I loved it last year when they went with like the one and oh mentality like you win that game great you know every every game's a new game like that's the kind of approach we need to take forget the Jacksonville loss mm-hmm. it's I mean I'm gonna be real I, I said I was disappointed not mad but I am gonna be real mad if they just played down to Jacksonville or thought we're gonna have a heyday and then just didn't prepare, didn't do anything that, that, that will make me mad. We'll never know that, but, but that will make me yeah. mad. I just hope they can bounce back because yes, we've been able to, to recoup seasons, but starting 0-2 in this crazy year of, of COVID and football that we have, I, I think it's much harder to, to bounce back. So yeah, they, they got to step it up at home against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You, you especially don't want to go 0-2 and have the, the second game be at home. No. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they showed it's weird because they showed a lot of good things, mm-hmm. but then at the, at the end of the day, they just made too many little stupid mistakes that yeah. ultimately cost them. So I don't think this team is as bad as we think right. they are. I mean, emotions run high after a loss and you're just like, man, we're, I've seen people saying we're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. No, 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 no. We're the Colts aren't, you know, it's weird because it's like the, a lot of people think the Colts are terrible. I don't think they're terrible. I just think they're very sloppy in week one. I mean, they could have gone up 14 to zero in the first quarter. Yep. They honestly could have, if they didn't make a little bit of a mistake, if Hines would have cut right, if they would have played Jonathan Taylor, you know, so many yeah. different factors yeah. contribute into that. And maybe hot rod makes his other kick. Who knows what's going to happen then you just never know, but uh, certainly not a great start for the Colts, but it'd be interesting to see what happens here in week two, Jacob, man, I, I just really hope the Colts bounce back. I mean, I, I can't sit here and watch them, go 0-2 and and lose another game that they they have a good chance to win they just have to to come out strong man yeah and and one thing I want to tell all the fans too it's like you don't want to overreact it's week one with a crazy offseason not only that but the simple fact of like we all have our off days as well athletes are human Mm -hmm. some days they're just not feeling it I mean we go to work and some days you're like man I just I don't want to be here right now I'm not feeling it I mean this is they they treat this like their job and sometimes they just don't feel it or they're having a bad day and and you're able to move on that i mean if we got if we got scrutinized like this for every mistake we made at our job i mean a large majority of us would be fired so i mean i mean that's that that's the approach that i'm taking like you got to be able to to look at yourself and be like okay we messed up but how do we get better and and i tweeted this out after the game like it's far from the outcome we wanted but i think there are tangible things that the coaches saw and that the players saw themselves that they, that they want to fix going forward. I mean, DeForest Buckner can't say it's been great this off season. I've got to go up against the best line in the NFL 
and then not be able to do anything against Jacksonville. So I think that he, they look at that and they've been talking this up. And then I think they, they got to put their money with their, where their mouth is. And I think that we have players that are willing to do that. Yeah. The, the locker room is huge, man. Cause when you mm-hmm. face adversity, how are you going to respond? Yep. That's going to be interesting to see how the Colts respond here. Did they come out really well against the Vikings? Um, it'll definitely be telling for this team very early still. So there's a lot of overreactions right now. We're not, we're not about to overreact. Yep. We think the Colts still will be fine. Um, if they can regroup and they can, you know, fix some of these little dumb mistakes that ultimately snowballed into a loss. So uh, we'll see. And man, I've always been told like in my job, like when I feel like I've messed up and when I feel like I failed, you know, I, I've always been told you're, that doesn't make you a failure. Right. That just means you're learning. You, you, that's a learning opportunity. And that's right. what I look at this as it sucks. Like I didn't want them to lose. I wanted them to start one and Oh, but this is a great learning opportunity for a lot of these young players on this yeah. defense, honestly. And I know I, I don't want to use that as a crutch. I mean, they played bad. They did. Yeah. But there is a lot of young players in this, in this defense that really uh, didn't have great games. And it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. I hope they can, man, because yeah. the Colts need to start out really strong. They, they need to get their first victory of the year. They need to start out at home 1-0. Mm-hmm. Totally. All righty, that'll do it for this episode, guys, of Colts Brawl. Let us know your thoughts on this game. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, We'll probably have a preview of the Vikings game coming out later this week, so be sure to tune in for that one. For Jacob and myself, thank you guys so much. And as always, go Colts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.